Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? All right, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Niners Talk. I'm John, joined by my brother Tim, my brother, hello, mother Brian. Hey, let's talk some Niners. How's everybody doing? Excellent. Not too bad. 97 days, I think, until kickoff. I thought it was 80. I think the real kickoff, though. Oh, the real kickoff. The real kickoff, yeah. <laughs> so we're in a certain amount of days. We all celebrate Father's Day. Happy and Father's Day to everyone out there. Here we are talking Niners. So today, we're talking 2023 offense, which could be pretty good. So, Brian, I... How are you feeling one to 10 on uh, Niners offense this year? Uh, you know, I think generally I'm, I'm pretty positive uh, on the Niners offense. They brought back probably a lot of their weapons back. So there isn't really a big drop off there. Um, you know, other than the quarterback uh, situation, I think their offensive weapons are going to be pretty much intact. Um I think we'll probably go into this, but I think the line is probably something we'll kind of go into as something um, that needs to be worked on. But yeah, I'm pretty positive on the season. So making the playoffs. And Tim? Well, uh, who's going to be quarterback? I'll start with that. All right. Well, I think that's going to be a pretty good uh, position that uh, the 49ers are going to have to figure out before uh, we get into week one. I I I know that. I can tell you, you can one t- thing, it's not going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. No, Jimmy it's not going to be Jimmy. not going to no. be the quarterback. No, he won't be off to the side of a field, throwing throughout all training camp while we wait for the trade that never took place. Oh. Brian is now holding up a bobblehead. <laughs> Jimmy G. That was Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Yeah. But no, I think that, I mean, obviously it's, it's obviously the most position, the, the most important position on the field. And I know that there has been a lot of positives coming out of Brock Purdy's rehab, but until he gets on the field, we're not going to know. And I can't assume uh, Shanahan is going to play him much, if at all, in the preseason. And I think this is going to give uh, the Trey Lance people or the Trey Lance himself rather an opportunity to really shine. We have not seen Trey Lance uh, for many snaps at all in the two years he's been with the 49ers. Of course, there have been health problems, but uh, I'm going to start with that one uh, for the offense. I think it's going to be a very interesting quarterback competition. I think Trey Lance is going to have every incentive to prove to any of the doubters or the naysayers and to himself and his coaches uh, that he deserves to be on the field, and he's got three preseason games to do it. Well, I'm actually going to take a purely optimistic tone. I'm actually feeling better about the offense than I am about the defense. I think this offense could really be truly special. I think Brock Purdy is going to be just fine. But the amount of sheer weaponry that the Niners have now should really blow the top off of this offense. And I can't think of an offense that we've had in a really long time that is this stacked with weapons. So overall, I'm feeling 10-ish out of 10 on this offense this year. But I think, like you said, I think the real the real question is, is quarterback. So let's talk QB. I think Teddy Robb, an excellent point. Brock Purdy was getting it done. He was a surprise. In my mind, and this might be blasphemous, he was Montana-esque. Oh. He's a small little guy <laughs> who was delivering really big plays. And, you know, unfortunately, he had that, that injury. But I really think he could be the guy if he stays, obviously, with the caveat, if he stays healthy. And... With his rookie contract, which he has now for like the next three or four years, and the amount of weapons he has, he could be 
really, really good this year. Tim, what are you thinking about old Brock Purdy in the QB room? I'm, I'm just, I'm high on him too, John. I do think he's been a leader in the games, which Trey Lance probably wasn't given as much opportunity to do so, but he's proven himself, Brock Purdy, within that last games from, was it from the Dolphins? The Dolphins mm-hmm. game all the way to the end of the, the playoff run. Um, so he showed himself in a lot of um, really, really difficult games, really tough situations. So, yeah, if he can stay healthy, you know, there's a chance we're going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and there was that, that thing that uh, when Randy Cross was doing one of the Super Bowl 16 or 19, you know, things on, on NFL. Where he American said, game, you know, the American game, the American game. Yeah. Yeah, where he said, you know, Joe Montana, what he brought to Bill Walsh's system was the ability, you know, the the way to riff. Yeah, and I kind of feel that's how Brock Purdy is. He's he's got the Shanahan system, but he's got a way to riff on it and make those plays that they really weren't expecting. He did that a lot last year. Now there's going to be tape on him now. Who knows? But I just, I just think he's really going to be good. He just kind of has that it quality. When when Jimmy came in against the Seahawks that one time, you know, taking out uh, C.J. Beathard, you saw him like, that's the guy. Start him next week against the Bears. That's the guy. But and, you bring up an interesting, I'm going to interject here, John. There's a great yeah. interesting comparison between Brock Purdy and Jimmy G. Both quarterbacks came in midseason. Both led their teams on winning streaks. Both had very high expectations going into the following year. Now, Garoppolo, uh, they started out one and one, and then they go into Kansas City, and then there's the ACL tier. So there's going to be a lot more scrutiny and a lot more of a spotlight on Purdy, and it's going to be interesting to see how he handles it. Uh, and that could be, you know, what we he obviously he came out of nowhere uh, last year, uh, but we're going to have to watch to see how he handles the new pressure. He's going to have a lot more scrutiny on him from the media, from the fans, from the press. Um, and from, uh, you know, and from Kyle Shanahan. So that's going to be, it's going to be, can he make that, make that next step? Well, yeah, you bring up a good point because obviously Jimmy G had high expectations coming into that year, you know, towards ACL. And then we had Nick, you know, CJ and Nick Mullins for the rest of the year. But we have a pretty decent backup quarterback room, starting with, of course, Trey Lance. Oh, let's not forget so, Sam Darnold. Why we won't. We'll get to Sam. But Trey Lance gets to go first because Trey Lance has been there longer. Yeah. So, obviously, the news coming out on Trey is he's got a whole new works throwing motion, a lot more compact. Uh, he looks a lot better. But I just don't see it with Trey Lance. And I know it's the reps. I think he should have stayed in college a little bit longer. But he always looks like he's a little bit deer in the headlights, like the game's moving a little bit too fast. And I really saw last year with the preseason when they played the Texans, and this was with the dress rehearsal, and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Which was why I was so excited when Jimmy came back as the backup quarterback. So I really hope we see a different Trey Lance, one where the game is not moving too fast, and one obviously where Kyle Shanahan is not running in between tackles. I but, agree on that. You know, I just, I just, I think the jury's out on him. I just, I just don't see it. Thoughts, Brian? Brian? Go. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there yet. Um, I do want to see him succeed. So, I mean, if you were to com- compare the two to me. Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy. You're going to go with Brock Purdy, you know, nine times out of 10. Um, I kind of am under the belief if he can look good, I I do think we need to get something back for him. And, you know, he can be moved somewhere else and we can get some of the draft picks that we traded to get to, to release or to get him in the first place. That's what I'm kind of thinking is a best case scenario for the Niners on him. But I've always yeah. liked him. He's he's big. He's strong. He'll be good for someone. Yeah, Ath- he seems athletic- like a really good guy. Athletically, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about his capability or what he can um, 
you know, bring to that position. But I agree with John. I really was not happy with Shanahan's play calling. We saw a lot of in between the tackle quarterback run, design quarterback runs against the Bears. And then, of course, led to the injury against the uh, the Seahawks. And, and Shanahan was criticized for that. And I believe rightfully so on those play calls. I didn't see what the necessary benefit that you were getting out of running those uh, plays like that. But, um, I mean, Trey Lance, what at this point he's, he's going into his third year. I would say this is make or break for him with the 49ers. I don't see him having much trade value at this point, unless, you know, stranger things have happened, but if he does not perform or even perform well, I'll just say if he does not perform well, or it does not perform at all, meaning he's staying on the sideline holding the clipboard. I, I see the Niners and Trey parting ways at the end of the year. Yeah, I don't. I know Barrows brought up a pretty good point of like, they have to. It's still a big time cap hit, you know. So it's like they're not they're not gonna move on because you know they end up sucking up the the the, the cap. So they'll keep them for this year, but after that, I don't see it. Yeah, but um, like I said, but, I think he's gonna have an opportunity in the preseason, mm-hmm. and that's where he's gonna have his. He's gonna he's gonna have. Um, the best opportunity to make his case. And there's been flashes. Like, I mean, he came out, it was his rookie year. I went down, you know, to Tim's house, like, hey, well, let's watch the first preseason game together and see what Trey does in each stage. You know? And, you know, he uncorks to, was it Sherfield? Um, you know, across his body, all the way downfield, boom, touchdown. And then, you know, when the, the game against, was it the, at that point, was it the Washington football team where Trent Williams basically took out one whole right side and he ran around the end, like fourth down? It was a, like a Sunday night game. Oh, that was against the Packers where the oh, was Niners the lost. Packers. Yeah, it was the Packers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like he's showing these flashes. Um, but he just doesn't look like, he doesn't look like, like Lamar or Jalen Hurts where he's got full control of being able to throw and run the ball. So, yeah, I'm really curious. I think the biggest preseason games, he'll be like number one on my list of I want to watch during the preseason, is what how Trey Lance looks, what's he doing. I mean, there's only so much you can get out of the training camp reports, but when you see it actually live, I think that's going to be the big either aha moment, he's got it, or... All right. Well, no I, I agree, and I, and I think why well, I, I think you could say this for certain. The Niners will keep three quarterbacks on their roster. There's no question about that. Yeah, there is, yeah. especially now that they can they can carry they can dress three. So, which moves on to the one of the more interesting pickups, Sam Darnold. You know, Sam, I've watched him a few times. He's been with some horrible football teams. <laughs> You know, it's those, mm-hmm. this is like you're part of a football team like that. You never, you never go into the playoffs just because your ownership is that bad. And he's always been a gamer. You know, he's played hurt. He's thrown himself out there. He's obviously pretty good pinpoint passing wise. So I kind of wonder, and this is going to be another preseason watch for me, if he's going to be. Jimmy 2.0 or the Josh Rosen experiment? I thought you were going to say the Brian Hoyer uh, 2.0. Oh, no, Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Why? Why'd you bring him in, Shanahan? At least he found Jimmy. We, we, didn't, have a, we didn't have a quarterback. Trent Fitz didn't have a quarterback. We, we did. We had somebody. Cap. No, we don't. Sorry, Cap. You have to go. <clears throat> oh, well. But anyway. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm really curious to see how Sam does. I think he could be pretty decent. Uh, it's going to be a question of how quickly he can get the offense and whether or not he gets his opportunity because we all know Niners and quarterbacks, especially lately, get a little iffy. So... What are you guys well, thinking about good old Sam? So but... I think I I kind of think they brought him in. Well, I you do know they were going to bring in four, four quarterbacks. They were going to have Brock, yeah. uh, Trey Lance, and then whoever QB three was. So Sam Darnold, and then Andor 
uh, Brandon Allen. So I think they're just using one of those two guys as the insurance policy. I think, I, I mean, I, I listened to Sam Darnold's mom on another podcast and she's just absolutely great. So I'm, um, <laughs> she's on the, your mom podcast with, uh, Christian McCaffrey's mom. Well, um, what, what more, what more do you need as a seal of approval? <laughs> um, your kid's great. No, your kid's great. Oh, man. Um, go listen to that one. That's pretty funny. Um, but, um, no, I think, I think Sam was, he, he can be good. I mean, I, whoever of these four cornerbacks is even in there, I think they're going to take the team to the playoffs regardless, even if it's Brandon Allen, um, or Sam Darnold. So I think, yeah, they're just using him as a, as a really good insurance policy. So if Brock Purdy doesn't come back for, for, uh, the first week, obviously Trey Lance, and then I think Sam Darnold is going to be a pretty good backup for the Niners. I'll just throw one little tidbit in on, on Sam Darnold. Is that I remember watching, I don't remember what bowl game it was, but USD was playing Ohio State. And there was, the, uh, before I was going to have one of the top draft picks um, in, coming up, it was, it was Kyle Shan's first year. And Sam Darnold just kind of went out there and just got smothered by the Ohio State defense. And I remember Niners Nation is tweeting, every 49er right now is breathing a sigh of relief. Every 49er fan is breathing a sigh of relief that we're not going to draft him. So anyway, how times change, how things turn around, you know, you never know who you're going to wind up with. So, um, but anyway, I, I think we get probably beaten the quarterback conversation and that, and I straight, um, I'll just go out on the left. I, there might be other positions we should talk about. Yeah. Before we get on to, we got to give Brian Greasy some props. When they, Absolutely. when they hired him, I'm like, why are you bringing the booth guy? I know it's your buddy. But he did a great job to mm-hmm. have three quarterbacks, you know, start and do that well. It just shows how good a coach he is. You know, he kept him, he kept him almost like in the lane. Like, this is where you're going to be, Jimmy. This is where you're going to be, Brock. Of course, he said three quarterbacks. Well, Trey Lance was there. You know, <laughs> the lane, unfortunately, was between. <laughs> you know, it's Mike and Spencer Burnburn. So, but, you know, someone's going to have to run the ball. And luckily, we have a really good guy named Christian McCaffrey. And it was funny because I was watching the U.S. Open yesterday. The guy who won, Wyndham Clark, went to the same high school as Christian. Apparently, they're, they're really good friends. And I'm like, well, I guess I have to cheer for him because it's Christian McCaffrey. Um, I really curious with a full season, how he is going to look and with Bobby T back, the full-time running back coach, who's really good. His coach hall of famers like Terrell Davis. If he's going to have some kind of MVP like season. And did did he break Craig's record of a thousand thousand last year? No, I don't. Has he done I don't that? think he did. I don't, I don't think he did. That's within the realm of possibilities. I think for him, for him, for him it year. is. Yeah, he definitely yeah. has the has the ability to do that. Um, I I just I don't know. I think the way that the 49ers play, I don't want. I don't think they're going to want to risk him getting hurt. Kind of like trying to do both um, in the yeah. way that they play. So, but he has the ability, no doubt. If he was on a weaker team, he obviously, I think he did that right for, or he was close to doing that for Carolina. Um, Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. He also had a history of injuries with Carolina. So I think that gives you room to pause to use him, you know, obviously in the best situations. And we have seen Shanahan when he finds something that works, tends to use it over and over again. We saw that with Debo a couple of years ago where it was just, Debo in the backfield, Debo put out, Debo lining up next to George Kittle, Debo carrying the water, Debo, <laughs> you know, coming in a quarterback, Debo, Debo. It's just like, don't we have any players? But maybe, but uh, what I'm going to be, yeah, I, 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 I you know, we, the 49ers have always been able to produce just, you know, guys who come in and it's, it's been a little more of running back by committee. And now that you have a guy like CMC who can, really just uh take your offense to the next level as we saw last year but 
what I'm really looking to see is who is going to be the, if you have a one, two punch, obviously the first is CMC. Who's going to be two. Um, I thought with last year, Eliza Mitchell was going to be that second punch. And unfortunately, Eliza still has, uh, injury problems. Uh, we saw flashes of it in the Arizona game where they played in Mexico city. Uh, we saw flashes of it when they played Seahawks in the wild card, but I'm going to say if there's going to be a compliment to Jordan Mason, there was a great article in The Athletic. Oh, excuse me. If there's going to be a compliment to CMC, it's going to be Jordan Mason uh, after reading a great article in The Athletic on him. And we saw flashes from Jordan last year when he would come in and the game would be kind of, he's kind of like, he was felt he was as your release pitcher where you just need to grind the ball and grind the clock down. And he had a couple of updates where he rips us. Um, to ice and I think one of those the Seahawks on a Thursday night but um well I mean Jordan Mason he could be a breakout Brian what are you thinking yeah I I I, I do think there's wiggle room for two I'm gonna lean towards Elijah Mitchell first just because I've seen him more and I've seen what he can produce yeah I'm worried about his injuries so I think he's been hurt every year that he's been with the Niners to some degree. Um, I can't remember the injury Ooh. last year, um, but um, I, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Elijah Mitchell first as as the RB two. That was what I would go with. Yeah, I'm actually more on on Tim's side. I think Jordan Mason has a little bit more heft to him than uh, than Elijah. And Elijah's don't get me wrong, Elijah's great. Knows exactly what holds to hit. It just runs without fear, but the durability is a really big concern for him. And you've also got, uh, but Jordan Mason, as Tim kind of points out, is a grinder. This is going to bring back one. Bill Ring, the guy who would come in and just close the game out by those grinding runs. I was thinking know. more of Tom Rathman myself, but okay. Okay, well, I was <laughs> way back in the archives from the Bill Ring reference. But then you've got, which the Niners always seem to do, especially with, with Coach Bobby T, you've got all these kind of unsung guys. And they spent, uh, obviously, a third-round pick on, on Tyre Davis-Price, who showed a little flashes there. Had his sprained ankle, I think, in the preseason, but never really seemed to get on track. Right. So he's going to be another preseason follow. It's like, okay, like, can you can you go? Uh, are you the guy? And the one question that I don't really know the answer to for both Elijah, Jordan, and Tidaris Brides is who can catch the ball? Excellent question. Yeah. So that's another preseason day, like. Because we know CMC can. That's going to be part of the offense. But then you get into these undrafted guys who always seem to be part of the mix. And we've got two. Ronald Awat. Hopefully I didn't mispronounce his name. And Kalan Laborde. And, you know, you just get these guys that they find who do end up doing a really good job. And it's a lot of it, I'm sure, is coaching with, with Bobby Turner. But all of it is just the scouting of, of who these guys are and the running back by committee. So you have a pretty deep running back room. Yeah, we've had that before. Remember, like... It, and we've had to use it before. Yeah, we've had to use it. We had, we had Raheem, we had this guy, we had that guy. And then in week two, we got, like... Injured, no injured, injured, yeah. injured. So, yeah, I think it was like Barrows and Lombardi was like, who wants to be if we're not his running back? They just go down. But uh, I just, that's going to be a really interesting position to watch of how they manage that behind CMC. Because obviously he's the top guy. And how much they load manage him because you're looking at hopefully 20 to 21 games of football. And that's going to be a real big question mark. But any other thoughts on running backs? No, I think it's just going to depend on, you know, how many defensive linemen they're going to keep, how many receivers are they going to keep. It's all going to just going to come down to how many people can you keep on your roster? How many people can you keep on your practice squad? So 
you know, you may see uh, two of the individuals that you met, maybe um, they come in and they, you know, they, we just find a nice spot for them on, on the practice squad. And I should know this for this running back off the top of my head, but um, he, he was, a, he was a great practice squad pickup. Uh, who am I missing here? He was in 2019. He was just a guy who just said he come, come, he seemed to come in and just maybe, you know, make a play here and there. Who, who am I thinking of? No. Uh, he's not a very basic test- name. Uh, I'm not uh, testing. I'm actually upset with myself. I don't know this. Let me look that Turn up. to the Google. Anyway. I'll come up with a second. Well, you guys keep talking. Jeff Smith. You know, Jeff Smith. That's who I was thinking of. Um, anyway. Sorry. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think one thing that I kind of just was reading about, um, you know, the running back, Jordan Mason obviously has a leg up. He's going to make the roster. He does special teams, so he does that well. Yeah. Um, just reading in some of the stuff about kind of the those two undrafted free agents who they were looking at, um, that guy, is it Awat? Awat? Um, mm-hmm. he, he does, he can't contribute on special teams from what I understand from his mm-hmm. prior experience in college. I think he, uh, I don't know what team he played for. Um and then the other guy is LeBourne. He went to Marshall. Um, so, but I don't know if he's going to be on the roster or anything, but he looks, from what I can tell, he's got 16, 1,500 yards and 16 touchdowns during his time at Marshall. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it should have kept down to watching these guys in the preseason who just kind of starts to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, somebody's got to block for these guys. That's what I've heard. So let's talk some O-line. Good segue. Good segue. Uh, I, saw, I thought, I thought <laughs> we were going to go to receivers. I thought we were going to go to receivers. Okay, yeah, we'll talk O-line. We've got to talk O-line. Got the, the right. big guys up front. All let's right. Talk, we talk about the biggest guy up front. Trent Williams. I, I, I think it, it put it, I think it put, um, Niners Nation put it best when we saw a couple of blocks or just some smackdowns from Williams. And even 49ers fans were like, I, I know we don't like the Eagles, but that man does have a family and probably some children too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Trent, obviously, you know, yeah. coming from Washington, where he, I don't think he played, maybe played in one playoff game, to now with the Niners, he's played in two NFC championships. He's played in some epic games. I mean, the Snowball and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. But I think Trent just, like, I want my ring and then I am leaving. I am out of here. Yeah. Um, because he's in this, you know, almost in his 13th. mid-30s. Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to 13th year. He's getting up there. But, yeah, as you said, when, when he decides to block somebody, he best be getting out of the way. Like, try to, <laughs> when, he, yeah. when he gets a full head of steam. Yeah. If, uh, look, I'll, 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 I'll be, if, I, if I saw Trent Williams running full steam ahead of me, I would just either hit the ground or run the opposite direction. And, and you know make- what? He'd probably catch me, too. I would make a business decision. Why are you running out of bounds? Trent Williams. Trent Williams. I've had a good run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, he's he's a stud. We, we all know how good he is. Uh, and then you get into the, the, the well, surprise yeah. of last year. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Brian. Well, yeah, just really quick on um, Trent Williams. I know he had contemplated retiring, right? So, at the end of last season. So, you're right, John. I do think... If he gets that ring, he is retired. He is gone. And, you know, thank you for your services. But he is. Yeah, he's taking quality actor. He's taking the Randy Cross. I'm out of here, guys. I'm retired on top. Um, but then you got to move inside. Um, and Aaron Banks, very much a big surprise last yeah. year. Uh, the year before, we're like, it's not. That's such a good pick. He played a little bit on special teams, and then he was great. I don't know what, you know, I, I don't know his stats in terms of the pressures, but anytime you don't hear somebody's name in the offensive line, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Very much so. Uh, and then you move a, move a little to the right, and you've got Jake Brendel, who was an all-pro uh, alternate. And I think Alex Mack must have given him the crash course of how to be an all-pro center while he was there because it didn't look like we missed a beat. 
with Brendel as the center. And in the Shanahan system, the center calls so many of the of the blocking and the line assignments and the audibles. It didn't look like it missed a beat. I mean, Alex Mack was great. Um, and it certainly was an upgrade over the the horror show that was the year before. Um, and we lost obviously Weston Richburger was really good until he went down against the Saints. But Jake Brennan looks like he's gonna be a guy who's gonna stay. And it looked like it was a four-year contract. Yep. They kept him on for another four more years. So yeah, that yeah. that says something. Yeah. We move one more over. We got Spencer Burford. Mm-hmm. Uh again, super solid split time. Uh, with I mean, the name escapes me. Oh, Dale Brunskill is now with the Titans. Yep. Again, didn't hear a lot out of out of that part of the line. Never heard like, oh, Aaron Donald against Spencer Burford. You know, they seem to to do pretty well. And then we get okay. Let's just get to where let's we just all get know. to the part where we all are concerned about right tackles, yes. <laughs> right tackles. <laughs> so everybody's Twitter rant of, was Mike McGlinchey. Well, you got what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's off to, to Denver. Side, hey, off to Denver. Kudos, yep. kudos to Mike. $80 million. You know, you go live that money. But, you know, obviously Jimmy got hurt on Mike's side. Trey got hurt on Mike's side. Buck Purdy got hurt on Mike's side. And I know it wasn't Mike's fault, but it was on Mike's side. And just, so you're saying that any anybody on that right side, or is it just you're yeah. in, just inferring indirectly in a roundabout sort of way, coming back from here to there, that it was somehow related to McClinchy? Yes, pretty much. Okay, understood. So, That's a solid argument. Um, but yeah, <laughs> have it on the right side. Trey Williams didn't have it on Trent's side. Never no, it didn't have a lot. The only, the only problem is, is that, you know, Purdy and Darnold and the last time I looked, Lance were all right-handed. So having the world yeah. to the left constantly might be a bit of a, um, that might be a, a bit of taking a backward step. I think Trent can handle I'm no rocket science, <laughs> but yeah. But anyway, where I think McGlinchey got a bad rap was he was actually a very, very good run blocker. They he was. a lot to his side. He was fast. Took a lot of guys out. Um, you know, if you got Debo around the edge and you got Kittle rolling and in use, um, they were it was it was pretty good. But his pass protection was something to be. We didn't get the full desired. package on that. Yeah, we didn't yeah. get the full package. Well, right, let's talk. I mean, so we moved on. Well, we're well, now with Colton. Yeah. I mean, it says something that the Niners didn't really take anyone in the draft for the the offensive line, right? So they didn't mm-hmm. really. I guess they've got you know, the Aaron Banks is and and Colton McKivitz of the of the team can kind of keep things together. I think the only thing they did in the offseason was sign uh, Matt Matt Pryor from mm-hmm. from Indianapolis, but they didn't really make any moves. So you know, John Lynch yeah. and and team they must be pretty high up on on the current roster over there i don't i don't know if it was high up on the kivitz as we have to make the best choice available uh four niners didn't pick until the late third round you're not going to get a, a tackle that late at least i think a, a good tackle that way you might be having one in a backup or one you can develop um which leaves the free agency market and the 49ers did not have enough room in my opinion to really make that kind of an acquisition there so i think you know when you when you look at those two areas i mean you're like we're going to go with the kibitz because he's the best we have and we feel we can fill the roster out in, in other areas so yeah i think everybody's going to be pointed out as a weak spot but you know as john said last year we were all looking at aaron banks as the possible weak spot and he had an amazing year so quite possible with kibitz progress this all and he's been in the system for a while also true you know he filled in for trent williams on the other side and did a pretty decent job so, you know, when, when Trent was down uh, for a little bit. So I got, I have to believe at this point that they've got an idea that he's going to be decent. So, uh, but yeah, so I think that the, the guys up front are pretty well set. Hopefully, again, no injuries. But that brings us to... Oh, oh if, you're, if you're Micah Parsons from the Cowboys, you know who you're lining up against. We know yeah. that. 
Yeah. <laughs> we do know that. Um, hey, Micah. And, oh, and, and he, he Micah. did, he did kind of school McGlinchey a few times in the divisional playoffs. He was getting yeah. some pressure. He was getting some good, he was getting some good heat. So let's talk about like kind of a pseudo offensive lineman. Kyle Juszczyk. How much longer? I, how old is Kyle Juszczyk? He just seems to be ageless. Nobody knows. Uh, he's he's, like he's, he's no, yeah, well, he's in his tenth year. I'm just uh, when I'm was like he born? Yuschek. Uh, um, well, tenth year, yeah, probably around that. I just wonder how much. I mean, he, uh, Kyle Yuschek is amazing. I mean, oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, talk about somebody to run behind. Uh, I mean, he's done it for Debo. He's done it for CMC. He's done it for mm-hmm. Elijah, but. That's another guy. I'm like, how much do you have left in the tank? How much tread is left on those tires? Because he he seems almost ageless in how how he keeps going. I mean, he's been there since the beginning with um, Mm -hmm. with Shanahan. It's his sixth year with the Niners. Yeah. I, I think you'd also make the point that he's 32, but and and, and correction, no, he's now going into his 11th, 12th year. Excuse me, I think I said 13. Uh, I think you also have to look at what, you know, how often is, is use check in the backfield? I mean, the Niners run a lot of, you know, wide sets. They run a lot of single back sets. Um, and you know, Kyle, I, don't, I mean, I think he's the traditional fullback that we would have seen in the eighties and nineties with like, you know, Tom Rathman or, uh, Mike Allstott, you know, people like that, which we don't see much anymore, but I don't think he's taking the punishment that those guys did back, uh, when they, you know, when you had eye formation or um power eye or, or anything like that it's it's a different offense so that has probably prolonged his career yeah well that's a good point well let's get into uh another kind of pseudo offensive lineman uh we'll start talking tight ends and of course we have you know mr niners george kittle and last year it seemed like kill had a bit of a resurgence from from years prior uh he had certainly was on the same page as Brock Purdy, had more touchdowns than he's ever had, uh, just seemed to be really enjoying playing football and just running people over in the George Kittle way of doing things. You know, but then you see his nickname on Twitter is George Brittle. So you wonder about <laughs> his health concerns. So I, I'm wondering how much they may load manage George. Cause he's obviously George is, is up there with Travis Kelsey. He's one of the best tight ends there, but they brought in two new guys. One of which is obviously a project and another that's pretty legit. So again, we get into the preseason. You've got Cameron Latou from Alabama and Braden Willis from Oklahoma. So what's going to be interesting is how they can block and how they can catch. So, Tim, thoughts on just how the tight ends might might work with, obviously, Kill's going to be the top guy. Sure. And then you move into to the other two. Sure. Um, I, where you talk about the resurgence, and when you look at Kittle's stats, that resurgence really happened uh, once the, I, I think once Brock Purdy came in to, uh, to, to not come in at quarterback, they just seemed to have uh, a chemistry, uh, I think, on the field at great opportune moments. And, you know, and the majority of his touchdowns came on the latter part uh, of the season. Uh, so I also think that having someone like CMC out there that spreads the field and that will allow Kittle to get in the middle and get away from defenders or to improvise. Uh, and, you know, he hadn't been able to do that in previous years uh, because people were, you know, it was it was Debo Samuels or it was George Kittle. And all you had to do was make sure those guys were shut down and, you know, try to, you know, th- that could help you win the ball game there. So, you know, obviously Kittle will will be, um, you know, the key, the key factor is it do, do, or excuse me, he'll be the, the number one tight end. Um, I, I am reminded that, um, a couple of, uh, years ago, I think it was in 2020, the 49ers brought in another tight end, um, from the Redskins to sort of like spread out that field as well. And the experiment didn't really work. I mean, I, I, I give kudos, I give kudos to the Niners for trying it, but, um, 
they they had tried that, and so we'll see. I think, frankly, you know, with one tight end, you know, that's really that has worked for the Forty Nineers in the past. I don't know if you really need to uh, to go further than that. Ryan, what are you thinking? Um, I, I mean, it's going to be Kittle and then the rest. So I think it's going to be who is it? Ross Dewelly. Um, I kind of like him mm-hmm. better than than Charlie Warner. So, um, taking, I was just thinking about uh, with Tim what you were saying about um, about Kittle and when Brock Purdy came in and kind of spreading things around. Um, I think you're right. I think that definitely did happen. And then with CMC there, um, kind of spread the field. Um, I did hear that Kittle and CMC they're taking reps with both Darnold and with Trey Lance right now. So. You know, there's a there's a trust process. I think that that Kyle Shanahan's doing with both those guys with with their backup with, with those quarterbacks. So he's definitely integral. I just think who's who's going to be the second and the third, you know, tight ends and all that. The one that I'm really interested in is this Cameron Latou uh, guy because he's such a new project. That the upside could be, it could be Kittle-esque. You know, because George came out as a six-rounder, he was just fast. You know, didn't have all the stats from Iowa. Obviously, he played at Alabama. So that's the one in the, in the preseason I'm going to be watching and see, okay, how does he catch the ball? Does he move? You know, does he turn up field? Does he drop the ball a lot? Does he, you know, does he run people over like Kittle does? So that'll be, that'll be a real interesting one uh, to watch. So we got to move on to the last but certainly not the least position group which are wide receivers and let's start with kind of the quasi the wide back Debo Debo's he's got his contract we don't have that drama this year and I think last year the contract made it so Debo just wasn't in the same kind of shape that he came in two years ago it was kind of playing catch up. So I think we might see an angry Debo this year. Brian, what are you thinking about, about Debo? I am thinking he's gonna he's gonna get close to a thousand yards. I that's what I'm kind of thinking. Um I don't know if he's gonna break it, but I know, you know, Ayuk's the is the the true wide receiver on the team, but I think Debo, he's gonna come out in full force. Um, I mean, I've read a lot of articles and I've heard some things saying that he was not in the best shape last year after the 20, the 21 season, um, you know, just that physical toll. And then you're right about the contract dispute. And so things didn't get started as quickly as they wanted to, but yeah, I do see him going really hard, really strong this year and, uh, making a big difference. I think Debo is going to make his plays. I don't think there's any doubt about that. If he's healthy, he's on the field. Debo's going to make plays. Brandon Ayuk, I think, is going to have a breakout year. Yeah, I mean, when Debo comes out and says, you can't cover him in a phone booth, and you first have to remember yeah. what a phone booth actually is. <laughs> <laughs> and like, well, for the young, for the younger, <laughs> younger members of our audience, you may not know you actually had to go into a, this physical location that was glass enclosed, and you had to dial numbers then <laughs> after putting in a quarter or your calling card. That'll be another podcast we'll talk about. Yeah. Things we used to have to deal with. <laughs> but um, no, I think Ayuk uh, uh, really came on strong last year. You know, he was a bit in Shanahan's doghouse um, for a little bit of uh, time. So I'm expecting him to have a breakout year. The one I'm really hoping for, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I really would love to see Danny Gray come out and start making plays. Uh, Niners drafted him for his speed. Uh, I love guys who can spread the field and make the defense try to cover too many things. Gray's got that ability. Uh, he didn't play all that much last year. We saw some flashes in the preseason. So I'm looking to see him to potentially emerge. Uh, you know, between that and, of course, um, my favorite expression from last year, what we used to say is third and Jawan. You yes. know where they were going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how many people do you think Jawan is going to just? piss off this year i think it's gonna be at least three or four we're oh I, was the, I, I think the over under is five over under is five no i'll make four i'll make it four okay um say so, yeah oh, really i read looking. this oh sorry go, right go ahead go no you're talking about jennings i read this really 
interesting stat about him. He only had like 59 catches last year, but um, 35 of his receptions, so more than half of his receptions came from third down. So, you know, that's where they were going with. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. So, So I am not high on Danny Gray. I, it's one of those things I saw him last year. He had a couple plays where you thought, okay, he's going to spread the field. But I just, I just didn't see it. Uh, and again, if in the preseason, we see it more, but I just don't think he, I actually think he's going to be a casualty. Uh, I think this Ronnie Bell guy, I think he's out of Michigan, is going to be what replaces Danny Gray. I'm just glad we can agree to disagree. <laughs> but uh, you guys think is going to be the man and again contract year he's got a lot to to show out there he can put a lot on tape and force either the Niners or another team to pay for him and we've seen it obviously worked out for Debo why wouldn't it work out for Brandon he's a gamer too you know he's out there he's out there thumping and he's he's done he's grown every year he's gotten better from his first year uh, to last year, it's just it's it's been he's been really fun to watch how much better he's gotten. What year you know, was it when he was in the doghouse? Yeah, when when was he in that doghouse? Do you remember? Um, I think it was his was... second year, and then he came out of the doghouse. Yeah, and yeah. did well. I want to say it was last year. I could be wrong though. It's the Dante Pettis doghouse. <laughs> Poor Dante. Oh, Dante. Of course, Dante then burned us in Chicago. So, you know, yeah, well, so, Dante, yeah. he's like, he got, yeah. And then he, and what did he say? He's like, I wasn't even supposed to be in the play. It just completely yeah. broke down. And I just happened to be standing wide open in the monsoon. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. That's sports. Uh, that's sports. All right, guys. Well, we're near the end of our time here. And I actually, I, I, yeah, I have one interesting uh, stat to throw because when we first started talking about doing this podcast, we, of course, started talking about the NFC Championship and the fact that we ran out of quarterbacks. And so it got me thinking, like, when was the last time that something like that happened? So through the magic of the internet, you guys have probably heard the internet, um, I managed to find the last time the 49ers were in this situation and maybe another NFL team. I couldn't find any other NFL team. I had to go back to December of 1978. Uh, it was the year before Bill Wall took over. We had um, Joe Thomas was the general manager at the time. Fred O'Connor was the head coach. Obviously, everybody remembers those guys for their glory years. No. Um, but Steve DeBerg and Scott Bull got hurt, who were quarterbacks at the time, got hurt in the first half, and they had to bring in Freddie Solomon at quarterback, who had played quarterback at, at the University of Tampa. And thanks to the magic of YouTube, I actually found some of the footage of Freddie Solomon playing quarterback. So just goes to show you how rare a situation like that is when you have to go back to 1978, you know, almost you know, 44 years or whenever it was to find that situation. Any little tidbit, if any of our listeners want to find it on YouTube, there is some footage of that. It's not pretty, just by the way. Oh. I was going to ask you, did they win? Did the Niners win that game? No, of course not. No, they won 2-14 and 14 <laughs> that year. You know, you need to have a quarterback. You need to have a quarterback. You need to have a coach. You need to have talent. You know, those things tend to, when you don't have any of those, they, you tend to be unsuccessful. Just, that's what I've read. Well, speaking of being successful, it's now time to pay the bills. With stuff we bought on Amazon this week, and I know it's only been two days, but I've actually bought stuff on Amazon. So I bought green gobbler liquid hair drain and clog remover. I, if you haven't guessed, we had a clog. <laughs> so when you have daughters and lots of shampoo, stuff gets stopped up. And I also bought a barbecue aid grill brush and scraper because we barbecued and I went to go scrape something off and my old scraper wasn't there. So that's what I've gotten in the last two days. Brian, anything on your I end? Have, I have not bought in anything in the last few days, but those two products I do need. So obviously yeah. I have I have daughter in the house, I have a wife in the house, and then we've got a but I want I am looking for a better brush grill because um 
Yeah. I, I don't want to get those ones with a little bristle, but I'll, you know, kind of pop off and get into your food and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that would be bad. No, oh, this is metallic. Tim, what about you? Anything on Amazon the last two days? Why, yes, there is. Uh, <laughs> we have, this show is brought to you by Mr. Stigas Non-Scratch Cellulose Kitchen Sponges. Got a 12-pack of those. <laughs> Why is it better to have non-cellulose? Like, what does that do? I didn't know. I just knew that we needed sponges because the others were just looking way past their prime. Like, when you don't want to touch the sponge, that's when you yes. know you have to replace the sponge. But not to fear, we also are brought to you. Yeah. 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 And then I think we had gone past that. I'm pretty sure we've gone past (laughs) that. And uh, we are also uh, brought by Method Foaming Hand Soap, Sea Mineral Flavor. So my hand will Flavor? Are you chasing? Well, it just scented flavor. I'm sorry. There's a a difference between the two? Yes. Okay. When you smell. Well, well, this is why I talk, this is why I talk football. I don't talk, you know, scientific stuff like you guys. So, no, the method people would probably pay us more. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, final thoughts on, on the 2023 offense, Tim. I think they're loaded. I think, you know, health obviously can trip any team up right tackle question mark. Otherwise they're looking loaded. Brian. Yeah. As I said before, they'll make the playoffs regardless of who is their quarterback. So I'm looking pretty, I feel pretty good about them and I think they'll do uh decent this year. So, well, with July 4th coming up, it's going to be a fireworks show on the 49ers this year. I can't wait because all of the East coast guys who do like get up and good first take and stuff like that. None of them come to the West coast teams. It's like, Oh, Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets facility today. Oh, they did that. Niners are going to throw some fireworks this year. It's going to be awesome. All right, Faithful, we're out. Next week, we're talking D. Talk to you all next week. Later. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.